So we're back on Sports Fanatic with Willie Diggs. We have a lot to talk about. Kwame Brown and his YouTube rants. We have the NBA playoffs that just kicked off. And we also have baseball where pitchers are pitching really, really well and hitters are not hitting. So we'll go right into it and we'll talk about Kwame Brown. So he's gone off on a lot of YouTube rants, posting one video after another, after another, after another. And if you don't know the backstory about Kwame Brown... Kwame Brown was the number one pick in Michael Jordan's last years. Now, Michael Jordan had a lot of input as far as selecting someone in the NBA draft, and he wanted to select Kwame Brown to trade him to get a hold of Elton Brand, who was averaging about 20 points in the league and was a more established player. So the idea was to get Kwame Brown, trade him, bring on Elton Brand, and then win another title for MJ. The thing is, they ended up keeping Kwame Brown, and Kwame Brown did not do well at all. He had a very, very bad career, and in his first few years, he took a lot of heat from Michael Jordan. Just because Michael Jordan is a very, very competitive player, and he's been known to get on his teammates. Screaming at them, putting them in their place. Allegedly, Michael Jordan made Kwame Brown cry during a practice, which Kwame Brown denied during an interview and said it never happened. But in an interview with Kobe Bryant as well, because Kwame also played with Kobe Bryant later in his career, Kobe Bryant made a joke that Kwame Brown did not want to get the ball because he didn't want to miss the free throws because he was pretty bad at shooting free throws and pretty bad all around. So he got made fun of a lot by sports analysts and by a lot of peers, and other NBA players. Most recently, on a podcast which Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson host, they had Jeannie Buss, the GM of the Lakers, talk about the trade for Kwame Brown when he came to the Lakers and when they traded him away with the trade rights to Marc Gasol in order to acquire Paul Gasol. And I believe Steven Jackson... And Matt Barnes had made some comments saying that it was only a one-for-one trade as if Kwame Brown never existed. They also had Gilbert Arenas on the show who called Kwame Brown a man-child, that his confidence was broken and destroyed for Michael Jordan. They basically put him down even more, more than he already has. Stephen A. Smith, back in the day, apparently said some pretty bad things about Kwame, calling him a bum called him a scrub, and a lot of other names to put him down and basically demean him. Well, Kwame has been quiet for about 20 years. And now, out of nowhere, Kwame has made his own YouTube channel, and Kwame has gone berserk. Kwame Brown, if you haven't seen his videos, if you have not seen the Kwame Brown videos, go to YouTube and type in, 
Kwame Brown new videos. This is must-see TV. Kwame Brown has gone on epic rants. Epic, epic rants. Just ripping everyone apart. Now, I don't really necessarily agree with the negativity because he's cursing a lot in these videos. He's talking a lot of smack about everyone. Rachel Nichols, Stephen A. Smith, Matt Barnes, Stephen Jackson, Gilbert Arenas. The Breakfast Club, which is a radio show in the morning with Charlemagne and DJ Envy as the hosts, started talking about Kwame Brown and Charlemagne had brought up that he had a rough childhood, his father killed himself, he had a brother, a brother that apparently also killed himself, so he just had a rough upbringing. Kwame Brown, you know, did not have a, a great life growing up. So Kwame Brown made another video coming after them. He also made a, a video going after Chris Broussard, another sports analyst who apparently put him down. So anyone that's coming after Kwame or has anything bad to say, he's making a video and coming after them. Now after Kwame Brown responded, cursing all of these people out, calling them several names, Jameel Hill, another sports analyst, a female sports analyst, came out and said that Kwame had resulted in violence and this was inappropriate and it was sad that he had resorted to violence. Now Kwame came back at her again making another video and he basically ripped her apart calling her a lot of names as well basically referring to her as a white woman in a black woman's body. He also referred to Matt Barnes as Becky with the nice hair he said he would slap the toupee off of Stephen A. Smith. He called Stephen Jackson a fake activist. And he also said a lot of other things that I can't repeat on the air. Just because they're pretty inappropriate. But I think Kwame Brown has now made himself into a star. These are must-see videos. This is a must-watch. So please get on YouTube. Type in Kwame Brown new videos. And watch these videos. There's a ton of them. He must have come out with at least 10, 15, 20 videos. And each video is him talking a lot of smack and ripping apart each one of those people that I mentioned. And probably yesterday and today, to be honest, there's probably a lot more videos that he released. Because he's been releasing them every day. And he's been releasing several videos each day. Now, throughout the videos... He is ripping people apart, but he also mentions that the problem with the media is that black journalists are pandering and catering to white CEOs or white ownership of these sports media stations. He also says LeBron James is doing a good job as far as helping black communities, but he says what he should do is he should show black teenagers and black youth how he became successful and show them how to do it. So he's not necessarily criticizing LeBron James, but he's simply saying that he should do more to help the black community. He also says in general that the sports journalists who are black are constantly putting down black athletes like himself instead of putting down 
white athletes or other athletes in general. And he says this makes them look good to white ownership or white CEOs. I think maybe there is some truth to that. But this is the main reason why a lot of those people that he mentioned and a lot of those people he put down took a step back and didn't really come back at him. A lot of those people basically said that they understood and they basically mentioned that Kwame was hurt and some people had said that Kwame was acting crazy or that he was mad or he was acting obscene, basically trying to make Kwame Brown look like like a madman, like a lunatic. Now, Kwame Brown is cursing throughout these videos and saying that he's going to beat them up and do all sorts of, of bad things to them. So Kwame doesn't exactly make himself look like an angel in these videos. So I could see why a lot of people were offended or a lot of these people that he called out, they took it as disrespectful. Matt Barnes did come out and come back at Kwame and you know said some foul things to him and also challenged him to a boxing match. Kwame then came out with another video saying that he's not a boxer but he could show up to a, a hookah lounge that he smokes at called Blue in Atlanta. You just got to watch these videos. There's a lot of information on there and the videos just keep coming out but it's just crazy. A lot of this stuff is insane. Like I said, it's a lot of negativity, so I don't really support a lot of that negativity. But it's it's a lot of shock value stuff, and it's pretty funny. I'd say Kwame Brown should be a comedian. He's <laughs> A lot of the stuff he's saying is just super, super funny. So definitely check that out. Now going into the, the NBA playoffs... Starting from last week, where the Golden State Warriors were in the playing game against the Los Angeles Lakers, in the final seconds of the game, I believe it was like 100 to 100, LeBron James had driven to the lane and Draymond Green had fouled him. Unintentionally, obviously. His hands were going towards LeBron's face and he accidentally hit LeBron in the eye where LeBron fell to the ground and he looked like it was a very, very serious hit. And afterwards, after the game, the Lakers won 103-100 to as a result of that because that was a technical foul, so they got the foul shot and they got the ball back. For it to be a technical foul, it really needs to be intentional. So I did not see that as an intentional foul. He was trying to block his vision and accidentally hit him in the eye. So I, I really believe that this was not the right call. And the Lakers would have been eliminated. The Golden State Warriors would have won that game if that call was not made. And the call was a regular foul. Even CJ McCollum had tweeted out that LeBron was a great actor. I think he tweeted something like, best actor best actor award because LeBron had fallen on the ground and rolled around and he was hitting the ground similar to you know an act that a lot of soccer players put on when they're hit so I know they had the flopping rule for a while but 
I haven't really seen it enforced. So a lot of these flops, people are still doing them, which should not be allowed. Then the Milwaukee Bucks played the Miami Heat. And then there was another no call, another bad call, where Giannis was underneath the rim going for a rebound, and he clearly traveled. The announcers said that he traveled. They pinpointed and zoomed in on his feet, where he took about four or five steps, and they gave Giannis free throw shots, which put them ahead to eventually win the game. So this is a second no call. Then there was a third no call in the Dallas Mavericks against the Los Angeles Clippers in the final minutes where Paul George was driving to the hoop and Tim Hardaway Jr. clearly didn't have his feet planted, which the announcers also mentioned, yet they called the charge on Paul George. And these are all three of these calls were in the last few minutes of the game which caused the other team to win. So you could say that there's a lot of calls in the game which result in the final score, but in the last few minutes, this cannot be happening. You cannot have no calls or bad calls in the final minutes. There's supposed to be some sort of protocol or some sort of review to fix this, to make sure we get the calls right, but this cannot be happening. We can't have bad calls or no calls in the final minutes. It's, it's just ridiculous. I can't believe that people aren't complaining. I think it's because they fine everybody that has anything to say about the referees. But we got to do better. The NBA officials have to do better moving forward. The final topic I want to cover tonight in the MLB is a lot of sports journalists, people on the air, and analysts are saying that baseball is losing fans because of things like the Houston Astros scandal you know, a few years ago. Were they cheated? They're saying baseball is losing fans because hitters aren't hitting. Everybody's average is below 200. There's very few hits. I think yesterday they said only a few teams had a few hits. There's been six no hitters. And they say that, you know, constantly in the last few years, they're, they're saying that the game is too slow. There's a lot of rules that they implemented like going into extra innings putting a runner on second base they're talking about moving the pitcher's mound for a walk there there's one pitch instead of four now to speed up the game in my opinion these are not reasons why baseball is losing fans baseball is losing fans because there's no advertising and no marketing or not enough when was the last time you've seen Mike Trout in a Sprite commercial? When was the last time you've seen Aaron Judge in a in a commercial or in anything? I feel like in the NFL and the NBA, there's tons and tons of marketing and promotion on the internet, in ads, commercials, the radio, and everything. The MLB is not marketing, not advertising. They're not creating the storylines like they used to. But it's not because baseball is too slow. It's not because the hitters aren't hitting. I think people that love the game and people that respect the game, they can appreciate the no-hitters. There's been six no-hitters this year. Six no-hitters. And I was listening to an analyst the other day who said that it doesn't make it as, as special. 
It doesn't make these no-hitters as special because there's so many of them. It's not like there's 100 no-hitters or 30, 40 no-hitters. There were six of them. You got Joe Musgrove of the San Diego Padres against the Rangers. You got Carlos Rendon of the Chicago White Sox versus the Indians on April 15th. John Means of the Baltimore Orioles against the Mariners on May 5th. Wade Miley of the Cincinnati Reds on May 7th against the Cleveland Indians. Spencer Turnbull of the Detroit Tigers against the Seattle Mariners on May 18th. And recently, Corey Kluber of the New York Yankees on May 19th against the Texas Rangers. I think I think it's great. I mean, I love I love the pitching. I love to see strikeouts. I love to see I love to see great pitching. I mean, you really if you really appreciate the game of baseball, then you love the pitching. It's not only about scoring runs. It's not only about scoring. I think in all the sports, football, basketball, baseball, they think just because they increase the scoring that everybody's going to watch. They're going to gain more viewers. If you appreciate the sport in general, you appreciate all aspects of the sport. And I understand that they're using data for everything now. If you watched the World Series last year, they lost the World Series because of data. They took the pitcher out when he was hot, and they would have won the game. The Tampa Bay Rays, that is. They took the pitcher out. And it lost him the game. If they kept him in, Tampa Bay could have won another game. But they they were paying attention to data, paying attention what it what it told them, and they blew it. And I think it's it's a shame that you know these coaches are are just going off of data. They can't think for themselves. I think it takes away from the game. I think it's ruining the game to a certain extent. Yeah, you could use data to make more accurate decisions going forward. But to use it for everything is just, it's over the top. It's too much. So I think at the end of the day, the MLB needs to do a better job of creating storylines, doing more promotion, doing more advertising. Because I think pitch the pitching is awesome. But I think we need to get rid of all these stupid rules that they've, they've come up with, like putting a, a runner on second in extra innings. The one pitch for the walk they can keep, I think maybe that, that speeds things up a little. There's no need to see them throw the ball four times for no reason. So throwing one time for the walk, that's fine. I'm totally against moving the mound. They don't need to do anything to make hitters hit. Get better batting coaches. Teach them to hit better. Have them practice hitting more. But we don't need to force more runs and force more, more hitting by doing other things to supplement and complement these hitters. Leave the game the way it is. I understand that the game needs to adapt, the game needs to change for Major League Baseball, but they're making too many changes. It's too over the top. It's taking away from the game. Leave the game the way it is, please. And that's Willie Diggs on Sports Fanatic. I'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for hopping on and listening.